translation. Because of Mother Jashoda's hard labor, her whole body became covered with perspiration, and the flowers and comb were falling from her hair. When child Krishna saw his mother thus fatigued, he became merciful to her and agreed to be bound. So I say, and you can replete. Because of Mother Yashoda's hard labor, her whole body became covered with perspiration, and the flowers and comb were falling from her hair. When child Krishna saw his mother thus fatigued, he became merciful to her and agreed to be bound. Report by His Divine Grace, Srila Esi Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada. When Mother Jashoda and the other ladies finally saw that Krishna, although decorated with many bangles and other bejeweled ornaments, could not be bound with all the ropes available in the house, they decided that Krishna was so fortunate that he could not be bound by any material condition. Thus they gave up the idea of binding him. But in competition between Krishna and his devotee, Krishna sometimes agrees to be defeated. Thus Krishna's internal energy, Jogamaya, was brought to work, and Krishna agreed to be bound by Mother Yashoda. Once again the verse, Because of Mother Yashoda's hard labor, her whole body became covered with perspiration, and the flowers and comb were falling from her hair. When child Krishna saw his mother thus fatigued, he became merciful to her and agreed to be bound. Om Ganatamarindasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chakshur Unmilitam Jena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamayam Dadanta Swapadam Tiparantikam Panchakopa Tarubhyas Cha Kripasindupayeva Cha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha So this is a very sweet uh, continuation of this, uh, this story. Uh, it makes me think of how fortunate we are to even be able to hear this, this uh, these pastimes of Krishna. What's going on is, of course, as we, we know, we see that Krishna has been naughty. He's been uh, uh, a very naughty boy. He's caused a, a, a great deal of disturbance in the neighborhood. And so people have, uh, uh, the neighbors have come and they've complained to Mother Jashoda. You know, you have to do something with this Krishna. He is uh, stealing our butter. He feeds it to the, uh, to the monkeys and he and Balaram, they're just wreaking havoc, you see. So they need something done. So Mother Jashoda finally decided, you know, I have to do something. So I'm going to have to tie him up. He's just such a naughty boy. The only way I can control him is to tie him. You know, I don't know what else to do. We've tried everything. We hang it from the rafters and still he gets it. You see, this wasn't like a one-time occurrence where Krishna stole a little butter and, you know, this was going on and on. This was festering, as you might say, for a long time, you know. So finally, Mother Jashoda decided, okay, I, I, I have to do something. So, and, I, and I, I'm desperate. I, 
I don't know what, I, I guess I'll have to just tie him up. I'll tie him to a big grinding stone to immobilize him. If I don't, and this will continue. So this was a, a last-ditch effort, you might say, of Mother Jashoda to control uh, uh, her son Krishna. So uh, as we've been hearing, as this story has developed, uh, she grabbed a rope, and a rope, probably two feet should be enough to tie a small child, a two-foot rope. You know, short rope. So she grabbed a rope, and, uh, and, and, and the rope was, I'm sure, much more than two feet. You know, when you think, who keeps a two-foot rope around? What can you do with it? So she probably had a good-sized rope to begin with. She was going to tie him to the mortar, so it was a decent-sized rope. So here she goes to tie him, and it's two fingers short. And she's thinking, oh, well... I'll just tie another rope to it. So she starts the process of tying ropes together. And every time she goes to tie the knot, it's two fingers too short. And then she gets more ropes, and she goes all through the house. And she's borrowing ropes, you know. She's knocking on doors. Can I, can I borrow a rope? You know, instead of a cup of flour, a cup of sugar, can I borrow a rope? You know, I have to tie Krishna up. You know? So, and the, the neighbors have gathered, and they're all... Um, ecstatic by this. They're watching and they're seeing this go, this go on, you see. So they're all enjoying. This is enjoying. And Mother Jashoda is also, is it, she's enjoying this. She's having great pleasure. The other gopis and the neighbors have gathered around and they're just in wonder. Uh, first of all, this naughty Krishna is finally going to be dealt with. Now, it wasn't that they were angry you know, it wasn't that they wanted to put him in reform school or something like that. When I was a child and I was naughty, my mother would threaten to put me in the reform school. You know, I don't know what a reform school was, but it sounded bad. You know, so I never saw a reform school, but it didn't sound good. You know, so uh, so it wasn't, uh, you know, anything. Uh, mother Jashoda was... Not angry, she was angered enough that she had to do something, but she was enjoying this uh, situation. And so are the gopis, the other, the neighbors have gathered to watch this, you see. And they're all have, they're ecstatic every time the rope is two fingers too short, you see. But Mother Jashoda was determined to uh, make this happen. She was determined that this Krishna has to be dealt with, you see. I have to do this. It's my duty as the parent. And because I love him, I must do this, you see. Uh, she, she might have at that point said, well, oh, but I don't want Krishna to not like me. So, you know, the neighbors come and say, we have to do something. This, this boy is tearing the pots up. He's getting them from the, from the rafters. He stacks things up and he climbs way up, you know, to get... You have to do something, you see. Now, she could have gone to Krishna and said, you know, sometimes parents will, <clears throat> when there's a complaint against their child, they, they'll, they'll chastise the child, but they don't really, they're not really saying anything. Now, Krishna, stop, stop doing, stop getting the yogurt, you know. Now, Krishna, don't get the butter anymore. You know, like that's going to work, you know, you see. But Mother Yashoda, no, because of her love for Krishna, and the respect for the neighborhood, she decided the proper thing is to stop this. I have to mobilize Krishna, you see. 
<coughs> Excuse me. Now, uh, Krishna, Krishna is not play acting. Krishna is actually Mother Yashoda's child. Sometimes people that I tell this story to, uh, non-devotees, new people, they're, they're thinking, well, he's play acting. I said, no, he is actually her child. <clears throat> this is really going on. Of course, at the same time, he's the supreme personality of Godhead. <clears throat> but at this particular moment, when he's uh, in this, at this time, he is her child. <clears throat> you see, he still has all the knowledge of God, but he's in a child. He has a child's personality. So naturally, he's going to resist. You know, when, you, when it comes time to punish the child, the p- child doesn't say, Oh, okay, mommy, give me spanking. You know, okay, mom, here, tie me up. You see? So, uh, Krishna is actually her child. She is actually his mother. It's not a play act, you see. So Krishna reacted the way the child would react. No, no, he was resisting, you see. It's just like we sing in the, uh, in the Dhammadar Ashtaka prayer uh, that uh, he, he, was, he was in fear of Mother Jashoda when she chased him down, you see. His, his earrings were swinging to and fro. He was crying in fear. Now, he wasn't uh, going for an Academy Award. It wasn't an act, you see. This is real. Krishna is really afraid of Mother Jashoda, you see. Isn't it? So, he's afraid. Uh, here he is again. He's resisting. No, I don't know. No. You see. So, he is her child, but at the same time, he is the supreme controller. And she, and, he, and she can't bind him. The rope just doesn't fit, you see. So again and again, she's trying. I must, I must do this. I have to. I will accomplish this, you know. I, my dear child, I will bind you. I am your mother, see. She wasn't play acting like, okay, Krishna, I don't want to offend you. No, I'm your mother, and I will accomplish this. Because I, it, this needs to be done, and I love you, you see. So, and Krishna's, no, no. But after some time, we can, we can see here, Mother Yashoda was laboring so hard that the flowers in her hair and the comb was slipping. She was perspiring. She was working and working and working so hard, so dedicated to this, that the Supreme Lord looked at her and felt uh, mercy. He thought, oh, just see. Just see how my devotee is performing this act of love for me. <clears throat> and here I am resisting. Out of, out of love for his mother, he stopped resisting. He may have still cried. He was still crying. But he allowed her to do this because she was becoming overworked. You see? She was... Um, um, you know, very stressed, sweating, you know, perspiring. So, uh, Krishna, out of his mercy. And Prabhupada says here in the purport that sometimes, how does he word that sometimes, but in competition between Krishna and his devotee, Krishna sometimes agrees to be defeated. 
This is a marvelous statement, you see. Sometimes uh, Krishna uh, uh, lets the devotee defeat him. Now, uh, any, does anybody have any idea why? Why does this happen? What's, how can this be? And, and why would Krishna allow you to defeat him? Because your love is so intense. Your love is so intense that he cannot resist. He becomes conquered by your love. He becomes conquered by it, you see, which is really all he actually wants to begin with. So all he wants is for you to resume your eternal loving relationship that we all have, you see. It's not learn how to love me. We already know. <clears throat> let it go. Let, go. let go the things that are keeping you from rebounding with your love, your loving relationship with him. We all have it, you see. It's not something new. We don't have to go to learning to love Krishna school. We all have it, you see. It's nothing new. Now, what keeps us from uh, accessing this, uh, this wonderful love, this loving relationship that we have, have had for eternity? There's never been a time when we did not have this loving relationship uh, with the Supreme Lord. And in that I mean <clears throat> enabled <clears throat> as living entities to love him in such a uh, intense way that we can conquer him. You see, with our love. Now, what is keeping us from using it right now? Huh? Envy, that's part of it. <clears throat> yeah? Material attachments. Why do we have material attachments? Because I want certain things. You know, I, okay, I, I've got this love with Krishna. That's really great. But, you know, I, I, I'm going to think about that tomorrow because, boy, today I've got, this, uh, I've got tickets to the uh, hockey game. You know? Uh, who are the hockey players? Uh, you know, th this team is playing that team, and it's going to be really special. But this, this, you know, this love of Godhead, this is really wonderful. This, this is great. I'm excited about this. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to put this on my list of things to do, you know, maybe next week because we're going to go away to Corpus Christi next week and go to the beach. You know, I want to get my tan before the winter gets here, you see. So I guarantee it's on my list of things to do, this love of Godhead. Reviving this love of Godhead. Well, that's wonderful. That's great. I'm going to do that, you see. But I come first. I and my desires are coming first, which is uh, our original, um, the original point that we decided to cover over this love for Krishna. It wasn't that it was an intentional mood uh, that, that we decided, I'm going to cover over my love for you, Krishna. It was, I want to put me in the center of my universe. I want to be the center of attention, you see. I want everybody's attention. So 
That can't happen in the uh, Goloka Vrindavan. There's no place for that there. Krishna is the center of attention. There's no competition. But yet here we are, and we want everyone to look at us. You see, I want to do for me, and I want you to do for me too. You see? I mean, we're all doing for Krishna. What would it be like if everyone was doing for me and, and praising me? You see? What if I were the center of, uh, of attention? Well, that's very difficult because as we come to the material world, everyone else is afflicted with that same condition. Uh, we're here with other people, and they all want to be the center of attention. You see? I want you to give me proper respect. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we can see how our false ego uh, starts to grow and grow and grow. Because I don't think you give me the proper respect, you know. Therefore, I think you're out to get me. So I don't like you. You see how that works? Why? Because you're not giving me what you're, you know, the proper respect, you see. In other words, I am not lower than the straw in the street, you see. Uh, I am not as humble as the grass, and I'm not as, to- as tolerant as a tree, and, I, and I'll give respect to somebody, but they've got to be really great. How many times do we have people who come to the temple and they'll, they'll say, you'll hear them say, well, I don't bow down to anybody. You know, I don't bow down to anybody. You know, they come in and everyone's hitting the floor. The curtain's open. First of all, they come and they pay obeisances to Shil Prabhupada. Then the curtain's open and everybody's paying obeisances. And it's very awkward for some people. Not to criticize. I'm not saying that they're rotten, you know. But uh, when when we first come here, we have more false ego than the next time we come. And every time we come, a little bit of false ego will be shaved off, you see. A little bit cleansing, cleansed in layers, you see. We're chanting and associating with the devotees, and it's cleansed off in layers, thin layers at a time. So we're becoming polished little by little. And therefore, after a few times of coming to uh, the temple, uh, people are all very, yes, please let me offer my obeisances to the deities, you know. And then we actually work up to where we can offer our obeisances to other people, you see. Why would we not want to offer our obeisances to anyone? You know, if we're following instructions, well, well, you might say, well, I, I'll offer my obeisances to, to the devotees. But I'm not going to offer my obeisances to some karmi. What's wrong with that? Does that make any sense, Joey? Why not? If I'm lower than the straw in the street... And placing myself uh, beneath everybody, respecting everybody, then why wouldn't I? You see? You see, that's, that's how I get tuned up, and that's how I get access to my love of Godhead that's covered over. I have to stop seeing myself as so important. And so I, and I have to stop seeing myself as significant. You see, I have to see myself as insignificant. Now, when the devotee tries to do that, 
Krishna is going to intervene. He's going to say, I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate that you're feeling this way. And it's not just a show. You actually feel this way. And now you're starting to offer uh, all of your words and thoughts <clears throat> and your actions to me. You're, you're, you're starting to regain your love for me, you see. But I don't want others to see you as lower than the straw in the street. I want others to see you in, in an exalted way. And I, and I want that, especially because you don't want it, you see. So I want you to be respected. You're not looking for it, but I insist because you are my devotee. And you are trying so hard to spread this movement. So therefore, because I'm pleased, let me give you this. Let me give you some. Uh, it's just like I was saying. Uh, I guess it was somewhere else. It wasn't here. I was saying, uh, in the beginning, uh, we're contaminated and we want this fame, profit, adoration, and distinction. You see? Uh, maybe not all of them at the same time. We might just want fame or some profit. You, generally, people want profit because if I have enough profit, I can get uh, fame, distinction, adoration. People will adore me because they want my money. You see? So generally, I want some money. Uh, and even sometimes it's pious if we approach Krishna wanting money. That's, a pi- that's pious. It's one of the four pious people that approach Krishna, one who is desperate one who is curious, a little inquisitive, one who's actually looking for the absolute truth, and one who just wants money. Huh? Krishna says that's pious to approach me in such a way. Better than approaching the demigods. You know? It's better for you spiritually. The demigods will pay you off, and you may get you know, some, uh, some material boon, but Krishna is going to slowly, as, as you approach him for your material desires, he's going to slowly ensnare you. <laughs> he will entrap you, you see. Sooner or later, you're not going to want uh, what you originally wanted to approach Krishna for. Even if you decide, I want to approach Krishna for liberation, you know, because we're all like that in the beginning, we think, oh, ah, this Krishna consciousness, this is so wonderful. Why? Someone says, why? Well, it's the best thing for me. I want to become a devotee because it's the best thing for me. So in the beginning, it's still all about me. I want to do what's best for me. So I'm going to take up this Krishna consciousness. Does it make sense? It's the best thing for me. Well, what do you want? Well, I want liberation. You know, I want to, I want to go to Goloka Vrindavan, you see. So along the way, as our love for Krishna grows and develops, as it grows and grows and grows, we, we, we don't want that anymore. We, it's not that we're uh, against it necessarily. We start to want what Krishna wants. My dear Lord, what do you want? You see? And through that process, we forget what we want. We're not asking, give me my daily bread, give me this money, give me that, give me fame, give me profit. You know, the devotee says, my dear Lord, please just let me, I want you. 
I just want you. I want to, I want to think of you always. Please give me the boon that I will always remember you and never forget you. Please allow me to serve you or serve your servants. Just let me in to this um, process of bhakti yoga. Please give me your loving devotional service. You see. And, and we forget in this process of love, we forget about ourselves. We forget all oh, my demands. We, we, we have no use for liberation. You see? Sure, that may come or it may not, but if Krishna says at the time you've worn out this body and it's time to shed this body, <clears throat> if Krishna says, oh, I'm going to give you another body and you're, you know, this is like you're a soldier. You know, they go to the soldier and they say, pack up your, your duffel bag because you're, you're going off to, uh, to fight the war overseas, you know, to Iraq or wherever. You see, the soldier says, yes, sir. Sir, yes, sir. You know, so at, as we wear out this body and it's time for us to leave, Krishna may come and he say, he might say, you know, my dear, my dear son, my dear devotee, you have served me so nicely. I'm so pleased. I want you to go into this world over here, this planet. You see, we're starting another ISKCON in this world, and we're gonna. Lord Chaitanya has already been there, and it's already started. So I need you to go, and. Uh, and, and, and save the fallen conditioned souls, you see. And that's music to the devotee's ears. You know, the devotee's not going to say, well, hey, what about my, I wanted a, a, you know, a nice home in Goloka Vrindavan, you know, spiritual body. Don't have to worry about itching and back problems and health problems. You know, that's what I was counting on, you know. Perfect weather all the time. Gee whiz, that's, I was looking for a vacation. You know, the devotee doesn't say, here, I've served you all these years and this is all you give me? He's not like that. It's, ah, oh, yes, my Lord. If we think that there's a possibility or even a remote possibility that it'll please Krishna, we want it. That's what we want. We want to please the Lord, you see. So <clears throat> we're all so fortunate that uh, I was thinking as I was reading this verse, we're all so fortunate to be, to be able to even hear this verse. Now, some of us that have been around uh, for a long, long time, um, Maharaj, and well, you've been around since, you've been around since the 70s, haven't you? Haven't you? Didn't you come in the... 80, 81, 82? Huh? 94? I'm so used to seeing you. It seems like I've always known you. Actually, we've always been associates, eternal associates. It's just that now we're here. Uh, but isn't it true we never get tired of hearing? This is a simple story. You know, from uh, a material point of view, this is a very simple story. You got a little boy, he's stealing things around the neighborhood. His mother, you know, she chases him down with her switch and ties him up to a stone, you know. And then he drags the stone, he frees two uh, souls that are trapped in trees, 
All right. Now, if you're going to tell me this story again and again and again, if it was like this, uh, uh, oh, who was that character? Uh, Dennis the Menace. Let's see. If it was a Dennis the Menace, is that too old? Does anybody even know of Dennis the Menace? Okay, you're old enough to know, and so are you. It was a cartoon. I don't even know if it's still, but it's a cartoon strip about a bad, naughty boy. He always did naughty things, you see. So if once a year in the month of Kartik, they ran this story of Dennis the Menace, you know, pestering the neighborhood and being tied up, well, people wouldn't like it. They, you know, once you hear it, you've heard it. You know, what's, what's the attraction anymore, you see? But here, year after year, for almost 40 years, we've sat here and listened. And, and every year that we hear this uh, story, as we chant the Dhammadarashtaka prayer, uh, it gets sweeter. It keeps getting sweeter, you see. It's transcendental. This is about the Supreme Lord. It's not just a myth. Therefore, we never tire of it. It gets sweeter and sweeter every year. So somehow or other, we've become fortunate enough, you see, to figure, uh, I mean, to, uh, 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 to come in contact with the childhood pastimes of the Supreme Lord. So, and sometimes when I'm preaching, I, I, I say to people, I wonder what you did. What do you think you did, you know, in a past life? What do you, what, what? And they start to think, well, I don't know. I must have, you know. And I, I let them ramble on a little bit sometimes until I say, you didn't do anything. This is just causeless mercy, you know. You won the lottery. You won the lottery and you didn't even buy a ticket. This was just given to you. You can't earn this. Now, there may be, you know, you may be some great sage who has been practicing uh, mystic yoga and you became a devotee in your last lifetime and now here you are in this ISKCON. But typically, the story's going to be that it's just causeless mercy, you see. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came uh, and decided, I'm going to open the storehouse of love of Godhead. You see, I want everybody to have this. So everybody's going to win the lottery. Everybody's going to win. And all you have to do is just be present when this mercy falls. And, as Prabhupada uh, uh, says, it's just like if you're, if you're a, a drowning man in a well, if you've fallen into a well, you see, and someone throws you a rope, that's very nice. But you at least, at least have to grab the rope. You see, it's foolish to just be there. The rope is there and you're saying, oh, help, help, help. You know, well, what do you want us to do? Come down there and tie the rope around you and, you know, well, it's really inconvenient for me to grab the rope. You know, isn't there something else? Isn't there some other arrangement you could make for me? I mean, I have to grab the rope so you can save me, you see. That's what's required. We just have to grab this mercy. It's been tossed to us, you know. 
Even you can toss a dog a treat. I see people in the park sometimes when I'm walking. They'll have a little treat and they'll toss it to their dog and the dog goes, you know, he grabs it. We're being tossed a great treat. Krishna is tossing it to us. It's like, here, catch. You know, and what do we stand there and let it just hit us and fall on the floor? No. All we have to do is accept this causeless mercy. You see? Krishna is not going to force us. He's not going to twist our arm. All we have to do is say, all right, count me in. Yeah. And sometimes it looks like in the very beginning, uh, well, I don't know, I can't, I can't become, look at this guy over here, he's a monk. I can't do that. I can't do that. Well, all right, can you just chant Hare Krishna? Can you do that? Well, yeah, I, I can do that. So just start, you don't have to start out to go all the way to becoming a monk. You see? Start out by chanting Hare Krishna. Coming and associating with the devotees. Taking Krishna prasadam. Start to work on your nonsense. You know, your bad habits. And little by little, the layers will be cleansed off. The false ego will be peeled away. Little by little. You'll feel better uh, every day. You may not notice it because it's slow, but as, as time goes by, you'll see, wow, I feel so differently. Things are, are very, very much different in my life. You see, the process works. All we have to do is to uh, accept it, grab hold of it. It works. It never fails. The process of Krishna consciousness never fails. You see, we may fail it because when we see ourselves coming out of the center of the universe, the center of our universe, and Krishna starts to get, we may resist. We may want to put ourselves in, you know, we may do that. But for the most part, unless you become grossly offensive, once you start this process, it's over. You're finished. It's just up to you. How many lifetimes do you want to stay here in this material world now? You know, how much, how, how much suffering, suffering being de, uh, defined as being away from Krishna, not being engaged in the, the loving service of Krishna, how much of that do you want? It's up to you. You can say, well, I don't want any. All right, then fine. Take this process up 24 hours a day. Serve Krishna. Take yourself out of, the, out of the, the center of your universe. Put Krishna in there, you see. It's up to us. You know, it's up to us. We're driving this. Krishna will give us all the help we need, but you have to want it. So uh, are there any comments or questions? Chastisements or criticisms? Yes, Prabhu? <clears throat> you spoke um, to some extent about the false ego as a kind of stumbling block and a part of a devotional advancement. Um, <clears throat> is there any point in our lives and we can totally rid ourselves of this false ego 
is it by virtue of some knowledge that we can um, phase it off in our practice? Follow Lord Chaitanya's instructions. That's what we do. That's how it works. Huh? We have to actually... Uh, it's not just a flowery poem, the shikshastika, you see. It's not an art form. You know how sometimes poets write something uh, that sells or makes them popular? Shikshastika is not uh, a fancy poem. It's meant to be taken literally. We should consider ourselves lower than the straw in the street ready to offer all respect to everyone, all living entities. Not just those who you think are senior to you, you see. You may think, well, I'll offer my respects to Maharaj, you know, I, I feel certainly lower than him, but, you know, not that guy over there. I've been a devotee longer than him. And gee whiz, this person here just started coming. Well, I'm not lower than them. In other words, you put yourself on, a, on the uh, pecking order, as they call it. You know? You see? So I look around and I say, okay, of all these people in here, then, okay, he's here, this other guy's here, I'm here. And you're here, and you're here, and you're just don't forget. Okay? Now you stay in your place. You remember, you're lower than me, buddy. How long have you been chanting Hare Krishna? Two years? Huh? Well, I got 38 years on you, pal. Okay? Now don't you forget it. You stay in your place. Okay? Don't give me any of your disrespect. Harumph. You see? No, it means uh, to see that look how this person is advanced in two years. And I've struggled for almost 40 years. And I feel like I've made nothing, made no advancement. You see, Krishna gives me this causeless mercy. He allows me to associate with his pure devotees. He gives me things to say. He gives me opportunity to teach. But I swear to you, I know, and you should know too, that I don't deserve it. You see, when I was where he was after two years, I was nowhere. I'm still nowhere. You see. We can see the beauty in every living entity, especially those who become devotees. We can see the beauty in their uh, approaching Krishna. It's beautiful. To see someone approach Krishna is absolutely beautiful. Isn't it? When someone becomes a devotee, there's nothing more beautiful. Because Krishna is extremely pleased. And when you help somebody further their uh, uh, devotional life to develop their love with Krishna, Krishna is very happy. Therefore, you feel extremely pleased, very happy, you see. So, how happy is Krishna if we're thinking, well, you know, this devotee's lower than me, you know? What does it matter? 
What does it matter if you go someplace and someone doesn't recognize, oh, yeah, this, he's been here since 1994, you know? Do you feel like that if you go to a temple, you know? Well, when did you join? Probably in this century. I joined in the last century, <laughs> you know? Isn't that foolish? Where's Krishna when we're thinking like that? What does it matter? What does it matter? It only matters to me and my false ego because I'm trying to move me back into the center of my universe. You see, it's all about me. I'm walking in this room. Everybody should recognize, oh, he is this, he is that. No, that's foolish. We should come in this room so Krishna can see us. You see, we behave in such a way to please Krishna. And therefore, we feel great ecstasy when we feel Krishna, when we, when we please Krishna, you see. And we please Krishna by loving uh, the other living entities around us and showing respect to them. And we can see it. If we look, we can see something to respect in everyone, not just those who are in this room, the non-devotees as well. You find somebody who has a little bit of spiritual knowledge and they haven't been exposed to Krishna's devotees and Srila Prabhupada's books, I'm thinking they've got to be more uh, advanced than I am because they have a little bit, sometimes a little bit of knowledge. You know, I've been doing this for almost 40 years and I don't have. If this person, let this person uh, be exposed to what I've been exposed to, if they read Prabhupada's books, and associate with the, the devotees, they're going to zoom past me, you see. I may feel a little tint of envy for a moment, but I have to get over that, you see. Does that make any sense? We may know these things, um, Prabhu, that we should be more humble and a blade of grass, more tolerant, give respect to others, but then the false ego avoids us to do that. Yeah. You have to just... Don't, don't tolerate yourself, you see. Now, in the, in the midst of uh, other people, there are certain things that we can't do, you know. If we see someone eating in a way that we don't like, like we're in the prasadam room, we can't say, hey, stop that. You see, you may want to say something to people sometimes, you know. Isn't it like that? People do things that kind of disgust you, and you, but you know, it, it's not really polite to say, hey, could, just stop that. You know? But you can do that with yourself. You can do that with yourself if you let yourself. When you see yourself acting in a false ego mood, just say, stop that. Say that to yourself. Stop it. You know, like you would a naughty child. Stop it or I'll tie you to a grinding stone. You know, tell yourself, I will not tolerate this. If you don't care about yourself and, and use discipline on yourself, how can you expect the rest of the world to do it? It's not, it's not going to work that way. You see, we have to discipline ourselves <clears throat> And we have all the ammunition and all uh, the ability, uh, 
the help we need. If we can read Srila Prabhupada's books, if we read the books, you know, we should never... Hare Krishna, good to see you. If we read the books constantly, every day, read, read, hear, go to class, hear the, the uh, formula to overcome false ego is there. It's in the books. It's in Srimad Bhagavatam class. And it's in hearing our rounds. It's there. So we can do it. And we have all the help of all the assembled Vaishnavas. You see, we could go to them and say, I'm having a problem with my false ego. What do you, you know, what do you recommend? You see. So we have the facility to do it. But one thing we need is self-discipline, you see. And, you know, we can't, uh, uh, you can't chastise anybody as much as you can chastise yourself, you see. Don't cut yourself any slack. Love yourself in, in the way uh, that Mother Jashoda is loving Krishna. She's going to tie him up, you see. So respect yourself enough to say, my dear self, I will not tolerate that behavior from you. You see? And if you somehow or other, your false ego gets uh, out of hand uh, before you can check it, you see, maybe it's, it, gets, it erupts. Sometimes you find yourself in a situation where you've already said, <laughs> you're already in the false ego. Then you have to say, oh, wait a minute. And if you're dealing with someone, say, I, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. You know, and then you have to chastise your mind. You know, my dear mind, that was not good. I don't know why I'm let, letting this happen. And pray to Krishna. My Lord, please help me. Save me from my false ego. You see. Srila Prabhupada had no false ego. You know, the great souls in our movement, they have no false ego. You see, which makes them sweeter. <laughs> Is that okay? Okay, anything else? Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai